Welcome everyone to More Than Meets These Guy. This podcast is a journey from, through Transformers from the beginning of the animated series with two old friends coming at it from different perspectives. Together, we will go episode by episode with the occasional extra to look at how the show holds up with a trap of nostalgia. We'll be looking at all things involved in the episode, whether there were, were real world factors that crept into the writing or if the episode was typical afternoon cartoon fodder. I'm Evan. I'm the lifelong fan and pretty much familiar with all aspects of the franchise and the fandom. While Ed here knows Transformers, but there's really nothing he got into when he was younger. So thanks for being here this week, man. Ed, how you doing? Oh man, I'm doing really doing really well this week. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, um, <laughs> the last time that we uh, recorded, uh, you asked if I had a, an update on uh, on the SS Beerworks Secret Sagittarius Secret Sagittarius Beerworks, um, <laughs> and I do, and I didn't at the time, but I do now. So, so uh, if you if you don't remember, listeners, if you don't remember. Um, in the city that I live in, there was a a brewery opened up here because it, like two thirds of our downtown is is now just crap breweries. Um, <laughs> we're lousy with them. Um, there was a couple of good ones, but anyway, so this one place opened up or bought another one out and rebranded, and um, and they were called the SS Beer Beer Beerworks. Beerworks like, is Beerworks. Yes. It was spelled in the German way, and um, uh, me being a pretty anti-fascist dude, uh, I, 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 I'm always I'm like a bloodhound for uh, for dog whistles and secret uh, vegetarians, you know, uh, secret yes, uh, secret neo-Nazi stuff <laughs> um, that likes to hide in plain sight. So I see SS and I think of the the Nazi, the the Schutzenstaffel, or I would think whatever they were called. The Death's Head, uh, you know, division in in Nazi Germany. I see. I'm like every time I see SS, I think of that. And um, but then with the, combined with the the German, the German spelling of beer, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this, man. This this seems this seems a little sketch. And um, so it turns out they they had um some band called the uh, Storm Folk playing, which I is, remember that this, which is. Which is like taken in a vacuum. I'd be like, oh, you know, that's it's folk music, and you know, like we live on the coast and storms or whatever. But in concert with with this sketchy name, like, and and I'm pretty sure that there's an actual neo-Nazi group called like the the like the the Sturmfolken or Sturmvolken or or whatever. And that's very plausible. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and I'm like, oh, this isn't cool. And then so. I, I and some other people posted on their social media pages. Hey, are, are you guys Nazis or are you just very bad at branding? And we couldn't <laughs> get a story. No, they wouldn't answer the questions. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about this. But I don't think I'm going to go to this place. But then they came out with a beer called Aries 88. 88 is a one of those dog whistles that Nazis use because uh, H is the eight uh, letter of the alphabet and HH stands for Heil Hitler. And and like all this weird stuff. So it turns out that, that apparently SS stood for secret Sagittarius and they were, and so they, they immediately started renaming all their social media accounts from SS beer works to secret Sagittarius brewery or something like that. And I'm like, at this point, the damage is done guys. And, um, and they, they kept coming up with all this. We, we can't be racist because we're, we're like the, like the chef's tie or whatever. And I'm like, let me tell you a country that has a huge uh, Nazi subculture. And that's Japan. 
um like you can go over there right like we can hop on a plane right now walk around tokyo and i i I, we'd probably find 10 people like goose stepping around cosplaying uh uh, nazis i don't know if they're into the whole belief system or anything like that but i'm just saying that these things are not mutually exclusive here okay the leader of the proud boys is is hispanic Mm -hmm. um and they're a bunch of neo-nazi garbage um Anyway, so I, I they Real fell off my radar people. because apparently, um, in, in an attempt to not give them any bandwidth, I never followed them on any social medias, and I just forgot to. I just after a while, I just stopped searching for them or whatever. And so after you asked me the other day, hey, you got an update on on Secret Sagittarius on the SS on the Shoots and Stoffel Brewery? I was like, let me see what's going on. And uh, so I search them up, and uh, and I'm like. And and I was talking to some friends of mine that frequent these places and they're like, oh, they closed down. And I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You got to go to their site and check it out. So um, so it turns oh. out that they, they say they're just they're temporarily closed. Um, but what happened was apparently the city shut this place down for not paying taxes. And they they posted they like posted a thing on the doors you know saying do it's unlawful to enter this uh, enter premises or remove any equipment or blah blah blah, blah until this back taxes these back taxes are paid and <laughs> so it's like so they they didn't pay back they didn't pay any taxes so they're shut down and, but the amount that they owe it, like. You know, when you think of like, oh, they owe back taxes, it's like some staggering amount of money, right? Like they all oh, they owe like fifty thousand dollars in in taxes. This is because this is literally the plot of of seventy five percent of of eighties movies is we we have to fix up the brewery and pay the taxes so that yeah. old man Beckerstead doesn't take it over and turn it into a country club, but, right? But you have to have a um, you have to have a um, oh god, what is the um, what does it call when they do it like? Like the montage, you have a montage. montage. You Thank you. Yeah. But you would have you would have to have like Stormfront um, playing. The They'd be music. playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and there's you know there's like two people that are nailing something up. You know, and one of them you know. And, but this is literally the plot of like One Crazy Summer. It's the plot <laughs> yeah. of um, uh, oh, oh God, it's 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 the, it's every eighties movie. It's it's yeah. Caddyshack. It's all these it's all these movies, right? They, but, they even uh did like the little montage thing in the uh, the new you know it. Uh, two part of the first part when they have to you know they clean the bathroom all the kids are uh you know oh like, yeah, they did they did they, didn't they're they? like I didn't who was the it? second part who, who was playing what, it was like some um oh my god it was very as euro pop song playing in the background i can't remember who it is right now oh i don't know um I don't know. anyways it's, not so important. It, it, the, the comedy of it though is that so they they're they're closed now for for back to effort in your brain you're like oh man they owe like fifty thousand dollars they have to get it by midnight it's it's the plot of UHF you know it's it's this so no no their back taxes they owe are three thousand dollars and I worked in restaurants long enough to know that three you should just that should just be on the floor you should just be able to like find it like, but he, that, that, that's that's your your waiters should make that on a good weekend night. Yeah, you, like um, you know the business I'm in. I I work for you know, like a wine and beer. I used to work for a liquor distributor. Right, and three thousand dollars is just an order that I've got going to my Publix tomorrow morning to put up. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's change. That's, and and yeah. they can't and they can't, pay, and they can't pay. They can't or won't pay this. And uh, probably a dispute or some blew me away. Three thousand, yeah. three thousand dollars. Like I, I want to go pay it so I can, I can just own the SS Beer Works. 
<laughs> Let's is that, is that PayPal, PayPal me. PayPal is uh, PayPal uh, us. At hatestransformers at gmail.com and uh, let's all collectively as listeners buy pay these back taxes and, t- and take it over and oh yeah i want to like uh, i can i can um do my uh my homebrew mead there and yeah know. and i will rename it the uh, the 101st airborne uh, uh beer works uh and uh, <laughs> those guys killed uh, Nazis. <laughs> have a have a picture of uh captain america punching the red skull in the front right of yeah perfect perfect with a beer with a beer in his hand with delicious american beer <laughs> <clears throat> oh my god I, you so, know you he, you, uh, you text me that the other day like buddy i have an update for ss beer works i'm like what what is it he's like dude i gotta tell you i'll leave save for the show I'm like oh i can't wait to hear this that's amazing and yeah i needed the general i needed the genuine reaction from you on that one so yes the that's ss amazing. beer works is no more i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep uh, i'm gonna keep uh my eyes peeled on it and see what's going on see if they if they they're able to come up with three thousand dollars that like, that, just put it that, on a credit card, man. A like bad business model. They can't come up with three grand. Three th- I know. I know. That's the that's the thing. It's like, and what's funny about that is that, like as an adult, you're like, that's it, three three thousand dollars to keep your business open. Like as a kid, I would have been like, oh my god, it's three thousand dollars. How can they ever get that much money? You know, like Ooh. I've never seen that much money. You know, like so yeah. But um, but you know what I have seen? Life. You know what I have seen though? Is that in my in my life? Um, or something else that I haven't seen actually. It's a movie called The Blue Lagoon. You know, you know the Blue Lagoon? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, well, the, well, and the reason I bring it up is that this episode is called the episode we're covering today is called Golden Lagoon, the Golden Lagoon, right? Yeah. So this movie called Blue Lagoon with uh, with Brooke Shields. Oh yeah. And uh, this dude from Dallas was in it also. Oh really? Was that, he's in Dallas. Yeah, he was in Dallas. He was a, he was oh. a camp counselor in Dallas for. Uh, for <laughs> okay, that that checks out. That checks out. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's yeah. So uh, it was it was Brooke Shields and, and this other dude who looks like a, a Gulf Coast surfer. I can go find ten of these guys right now. Um. I can I can walk out of my house and find yeah. ten guys that look with giant curly uh, blonde hair and find ten of these dudes anywhere yeah. around here. So they're stuck on an island. They have to survive, and mm-hmm. uh, but they discover love as they're teenage. They have a, a budding physical attraction to each other. So, um, but Brooke Shields. I, I, with but I see, I never saw this movie and to this day oh. I've still never seen Blue Lagoon but I have seen there was a time where I was about seven right so this was 1982 um so I, I used to uh, stay with my friend Joey a lot back in the day like um I'd say uh, you know like he'd stay with with me and I'd stay with him a lot and then because mm-hmm. our moms were best friends so there was one time where I was staying with them and and his mom took us to the mall to go shopping and all this stuff and she was like, well, hey, let's go see a movie. And so we went to see this movie called Paradise. Are you familiar with Paradise? No. Paradise is a a C-grade knockoff of the Blue Lagoon. Oh, no. With Phoebe Cates and uh, Willie Ames, who was on, uh, I think, like like uh, uh, Charles in Charge or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, or so. some Scott. Yeah, I think he, he was in a lot of like Scott Bayo shows, I think was. Uh, was <laughs> Oh, um, how the money have fallen. Um, he looked, but he looks just like he, he looks almost just like the dude from from the Blue Lagoon or whatever. And okay. um, so what I'm thinking, I'm thinking now, because like, I saw this movie one time when I was seven. I've probably thought about it once since then. And why in God's name would a 20 something year old woman take a 10 year old and a seven year old boy to watch this movie? This is this is this is a this is a very adult romance uh film and uh I was say because the blue lagoon they spend like like a good chunk of that movie is them just naked just walk around naked so 
I mean, real, that, like, real weird, real weird. But see, but in my mind, when I think of that style of movie that like, um, you know, th th those kinds of movies, because th there was a whole rash of them in the 80s. Oh, yeah. They were all Blue Lagoon knockoffs. But when I think of them, I think of Paradise, which is just which is just like 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 a bad knockoff. It's kind of like last time when I was talking about how I prefer Iron Eagle to uh, to Top Gun, even though oh. it's a real bad it's a real bad knockoff. But I love it that like and it just has more cool stuff in it. Louis Gossett Jr. Come on. It has Lewis Gossett Jr. Lewis Gossett Jr. Give me knockoffs. Huh? What's that? He's going to be Pentagon this year, actually. He's going to be Pentagon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, Lewis Gossett Jr. was one of the coolest guys when I was growing up watching movies. Also, oh, he was a gentleman. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was he was cool. Yeah, yeah he was um, cool. He was a super cool guy. Yeah. The um, I I don't know. See, Top Gun was big because you know Tom Cruise. And by the way, uh, this is God. I, I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but it's it's important. Uh, in Top Gun, um. Uh, Goose gives his uh, his kid a uh, star spring. Really? Star spring, yeah. Well, it's huh. a team. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like oh. holding star scream, you know, and playing with it. Uh, huh. But yeah, the um, you know, I they didn't I, fly I, a, They didn't fly fifteens though. No, they did not. But they were navy pilots. They flew yeah, about fourteen. They, they were uh, very um, very easy to come by toys at that time. But uh, the uh, the thing is, you have it was the cast of um, Top Gun that made it. You know. No, no, Top Gun is a much better movie than than Iron Eagle. I yeah, just I like Iron Eagle a lot more than I like Top Gun. So much to me, it's a more fun movie to watch because a lot more happens in it, and yeah. um, you know, like there's a lot less like talking and drama, and a lot more like, hey, we're just gonna steal this plane and go have a giant dogfight and uh, with a poorly filmed dogfight and reuse the same like two or three scenes over and over, and over again. But, but it's, it's like watching Airwolf. They use the same scenes over and over again. But Airwolf, it was dude, Airwolf had some stock footage in that, dude. Um, it was great. <laughs> did you? I mean, do you have any knockoffs that you like more than the, 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 the like than the original? Um, or that you just that, that just you have a bigger place in your brain than the original than the original? Like, I mean, like GoBots more than Transformers. <laughs> there, uh, there are a lot of shows that um that that um that that not movies rather that get that really hold a special place i mean look at enemy enemy mind is a knockoff of every you know every other kind of like um it's essentially the odd couple in space um that, that concept is not new but i i love enemy mind whatever see i've got to watch it i there are so many movies that are like that and uh i i appreciate that but you know um I can't. I can't think of one because uh, you didn't prep me for this, man. I, I, I was, I'm thinking of all my, the volume, the library here, and I can't think of the single one I want to, you know, bring up. Uh, you know, yeah. So everyone knows they're at home. Um, whenever two guys do a, or two guys, two girls, a couple people um, do a podcast together, they usually are like, "Hey, I'm going to talk about this. Are you ready for this? Oh yeah, man, I'll get ready for that." Um, so yeah, he threw this on me last minute. But once I, again, once again, sometimes I like to have the I like to have the general the genuine reaction every now and then to see how it yeah goes. the genuine reaction is me clamming up like oh no man uh, I, also I gotta say if you're not watching on YouTube if you're doing the audio only um, Evan's wearing this really cool like professor uh, coat right now it looks like a like, like a like an eighties uh, college professor it's a good look it was, it was uh thank you thank you yeah, you wear this to work a lot um it's it's like a little you know little just jacket over and thing is it was um. It was like 10 degrees here this morning. And I, this room has like French doors that don't seal extremely well. Mm. And I cannot stand having a house that's like 80 degrees. So I turned it down to 70 because I like to not feel nauseous as I walk through my house because I'm too hot. Right, yeah. But then again, like I'm a little chilly in here. So I put the jacket on. Oh, I'm pretty comfy now. It's, everything's good. I'd rather be cold every day of the week than too hot.
probably because I grew up in Florida and I can't stand summer there because <laughs> summer there is yeah. not really Fair. summer. It's like, like a, a higher level of hell. Um, this the level of hell where uh, you have storms that like wipe out your, everything you like and, um, and, um, you know, make you sweat when you like are sitting in the shade. It's just funny. Like when I was, um, I, I go see my, uh, my, my wife's family in Oregon. In Oregon, yes, coastal town, you think it's, like, it's got to have a little humidity. No, it doesn't. I mean, the humidity is there, but it's not like Florida humidity. It's not like, um, um, you don't no, it's have not, to put deodorant not, on it between your thighs walking around. Let's just say it's, yeah, it's, no, it's not, not damn up there. That was yeah. like, yeah, California's like that, where it's like the same, the temperature is almost the same as here, but it's like, yeah, it's not, yeah, walk, but it's well, you walk in the shade and you cool off. Oh, that's how shade works in like normal places. Normal places are not the southeast of, of uh, the United States. Um, so right. yeah, that's uh, yeah. So that's why I'm wearing this because it's like it's it's nice. I'm enjoying the low humidity and uh, it's it's working pretty well. But uh, so you know, I, I enjoy this kind of time of the year. But you know who doesn't enjoy certain things will be our dude this week who wrote the episode of the Golden Lagoon. Okay, so we talked about this is Dennis. This is Dennis Marks. We talked about him before. He wrote the core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, um, it, it was one of those episodes that people made fun of. That I actually liked when we rewatched it. It was a fun it episode. Was fine. It was a, um, yeah. We I, like looking back through my notes. We I think I gave it an average. It was fine. Um, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that like th- this this guy like you know he wrote a lot of um of like kind of uh, a doofy uh, like. 70s like Hanna Barbera style stuff. He wrote the Beatles cartoon yeah. and uh created the DD cartoon. And I couldn't find anything much else about him though. Um but you, however, did. I so found, tell us what you have here. I found a uh I found a like a nice uh you know, like a rabbit hole in the internet. So this has to do with Transformers, kind of, and I'll explain. So uh there was this uh this this company called Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker um, had a um, had a bunch of the of uh, what we consider the um, mini bots, you know, like um, Bumblebee. You had Huffer, Braun, all these guys. Uh, they were they were part of the Knickerbocker line. They're essentially like, um, well, no, let me take that back. Microchange was owned by Takara. Microchange brought a lot of these out, and so Knickerbocker um, was working with Takara in theory. There's no no way to you know kind of figure that out. However, the uh, Knickerbocker company. Was working with. Um, they decided. Well, let me, let me back this up. I have a little blurb I wrote out here. Okay. For a time, um, Dennis Marks was the head of development for Marvel Produ- Productions, the ba- animation sister company for Marvel Comics. Right. And according to ex Marvel editor in chief Jim Shooter, Marks had a very low opinion of the comic company and vice versa. They, they didn't like each other at all. Hmm. A lot of animosity there. In a one comics production meeting, a joint meeting for the ultimately unmade thing about and talk about called Mysterians, he turned out to have ignored Jim Shooter's story treatment for the property and came up with a completely separate one for the proposed show. Oh. So we have a thing called Mysterians. So um, there are there are some models of the um, the um, microchange, the um, mini cars, as it were, that uh, for the Transformers that have this. Uh, if I can see, and like there's a M, you can see it on there. It's, it's um, I don't know. Let's okay. This is actually like this is you see it M in the hood? I do, yes. Okay. It looks like a mountain, uh, sort of. Yeah, it does. It does. It's like a two peak uh, mountain. So it's a stylized mountains. Who is uh, the, who so, is that guy? Who is that? Uh who, is that gears? This is yeah, this is gears. A gears. I'm, I'm learning. Look at this. Yeah, look at, look you, at this. I just saw a dude and I got, I got it right. 
Gears and Swerve share the same um, uh, mold, They're just okay. different colors. Um, and then you have Brawn and Outback are the same uh, mold also. They also have the M on there. And uh, Huffer and Pipes also share the same thing. Those three were um, the the beginning um, beginning uh, characters for the show Mysterians. Well, actually, it's going to be a cart. It was going to be a uh, toy line with a comic book included. Now, okay. um, we'll read this thing off of uh, TF Wiki. This is a uh, uh, Chris McFeely does a lot of um, behind the scenes, you know, history of Transformers kinds of things. He wrote this up, so I'm going to read this directly from TF Wiki. So seeking to produce a monthly Mysterians comic book pack-in comics for the toys and an animated TV special, Knickerbocker approached DC Comics to help develop the property and produce the comic. They were unhappy with what DC produced, so the company turned to Marvel Comics editor-in-chief Jim Shooter to ask if they could do better. Shooter put together a premise for the series, totally new and unrelated to anything DC had done, but troubled relations with the Marvel's media arm, Marvel Productions, with Dennis Marks, led to its head of development, ignoring Shooter's work and creating its own distinct proposal for the series involving heavy focus on kids supporting characters and a goofy dog. Dude, Dennis Marks loves goofy dogs. He His whole thing with the uni and uh, D&D cartoon is because yeah. he wanted to have a dog in there, and they compromised with a little unicorn. So anyways... Yeah, I'm serious. It's, it's the weirdest thing. You look at it, all the shows. He loves he loves Hanna Barbera shows with a dog. He wants everything. That, to be well, that was every Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yeah, ever. that's exactly. Well, that's there was a reason why he he huh. worked on Josie and the Pussycats. Every team had a a right. um an animal dog or shark or they, were, or they were a dog. Yeah, well, there's that too. Yeah, it was like the Dino Mutt and all those. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, Knickerbocker insisted going with a Jim Shooter's premise, and the Mysterians comic was solicited in issue number one of Marvel Age in December of 1982, which stated that the book was about a trio of otherworldly robots stranded on Earth. Notably, it's not clear if this alien origin was Shooter's creation or previously decided upon uh, Knickerbocker from Marvel or DC. So the three that were going to be in it were um, essentially Huffer, Braun, and um, Gears, and they were going to they're going to they were like the uh, these three alien you know, robots that are stranded on earth. They're going to go on further with different ones. Um, but the, uh, it didn't work. Um, the uh, thing fell through and Hasbro acquired uh, the property rights to the microchange, which are Knickerbocker toys. And they, they, uh, they because of that, they had to go uh, say, Hey, it's not going to happen. Uh, it was canceled book because um, there's a change of property rights or ownership hmm. rights. So um, Hasbro, bought the rights to all these these uh characters and um they canceled mysterians before it even began now they they did a little mysterians um it was like marshawn's mysterians um there there were weird little you know i'm trying to think of a good way to put it there were weird little boxy things that became robots and they were like they were hidden forces what they were called they were <laughs> they were it didn't really work well but the uh, M on the on the hood of gears, swerve, um, huffer pipes, and um, and brawn and outback are because they're going to be originally Mysterians. They just didn't change the mold after they had already done all that work. So you can see on those toys, there's like a, a a relic of the past, and that was one of the biggest problems that Dennis Sparks had. He never forgave Jim Shooter for upstaging him, essentially, and Apparently. there was a big animosity there. Huh. Yeah, apparently he had a similar issue with uh with the D and D folks when he was working on the D and D cartoon and yeah. got uh, fired from that as well. So maybe he's the problem here. I don't I don't know. <laughs> no, um, 
when when uh someone keeps getting fired from jobs and they say, oh, the job just didn't appreciate me or that, that was they just they're terrible people. Maybe they're the terrible person. I don't know. Well, um, uh, I mean, apparently he didn't get along with Gary Gygax either, but that's that's not much of a shocker because Gary yeah. Gygax was yeah. not no the creator of D and D for those who don't know. Um, uh, not the most or, neckbeard, everyone. If you uh, need to know, yeah, he was a total neckbeard. Um, what the the one of the co creators of D and D because I, I will give Dave Arneson every bit of credit he deserves. Okay, um, yeah. but Jim Shooter was like one of those guys, and still is uh, really. Um, yeah. You know, he was a publisher of Marvel for like most of the 80s and really kind of defined like that era of Marvel. But yeah, he was also like um, he wasn't really like a comic guy. He was like a like a corporate like a corporate like a raider type dude from what I understand. Just got like like he had like an interest in comics, but it wasn't like he was like, I'm going to get into comics to, to because I love comics. So he was like a corporate dude that was like, like, oh, oh, I can run Marvel Comics and make a lot of money. And um, <laughs> well, and honestly, I, as far as I understand, I don't know. Like, I'm probably going to get an email here from him. I'm, uh, I'm sure he's got. <laughs> if you get email from him. Let him, let him know. I want to interview him. Um, no, 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 if I get an email from Jim Shooter, we are. Yeah, yeah, absesolutely going to be. We're, we're having a, a tag team on that one. No, the <laughs> thing is though, um, people always kind of. I'll, I'll be nice. They crap on uh, corporate business types like that, but. Gary Gygax did not run TSR or D&D really well as a business model. No, he ran it into the ground. That's why he got, yeah. that's why he, it got bought out and um, he can sit there and whine about it all he wants, but yeah, it was all, I mean, it was all him, you know, his fault um, for the most you don't part. Want, you don't want a, um, a zealot fan. Like I would be terrible doing Transformers because I would do it the way I want to and ignoring everything else that everyone else likes. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I wouldn't want to do that. I would, I would want to do like a part of it. But the th- that's the thing, like, you know, you cannot run things as a fan, I don't think. Now, to I think Dennis Marks, one of his biggest problems, he just had a he had a model he liked and it didn't always work. And <laughs> God, it's weird just realizing in this episode um, how many animals are there. And it's like a it's like a. OK, we'll we'll get into that. That, that yeah, I, I, know, I noticed that also. Hey, I have a question before we get yeah. into the episode. I have a question about um uh about Knickerbocker and yeah. uh, MicroChange, though. Uh, so, it, were all the mini cars MicroChange? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm missing. So they're like, like they're essentially like penny racer sized. Um, they okay, were... okay, that was where I was going with that though. Was yeah. that they um because they they were supposed to be like actual penny racers that turned into tiny yeah. robots, right? Is that is yeah. that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So did Knickerbocker make penny racers then? I don't know about that. I I huh. check on that. Um I cuz I had penny racers you're younger man they they put out penny racers like, you know, on the stores for a bit. You put a penny in the back of it? Yeah, no. I, I mean I had I had really? penny racers. I, I, but like yeah. yeah, well that was the thing when I first uh when I was a kid I first saw the tiny transformer like the little transformers. It was like they had that slot on the back that because like, it was like like penny racers had a slot on the back where you put a penny in, they would do like wheelie and all this yeah, stuff. And but if you look at like Bumblebee, Cliffjumper, um, several ones like that, I mean, their heads fold up into into the into the penny slot. Yeah, exactly. And, so um, they look like so, penny racers, and they had the real rubber wheels, and they had the little scrunched uh, body style. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like you could you could um you could push your your uh, finger on the back of this, and it would tip up like a penny racer would. Now there because of the transformation, it doesn't always do that, but. Yeah, that that's exactly what they're modeled after. So, I mean, he they Nickerbocker may have done the penny racers. I'm not entirely sure of that. I 
haven't looked enough because a lot of stuff is kind of hard to come by nowadays, like the information on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I got to give credit to Mick Feely and TF Wiki for uh, looking all that stuff up and writing everything up. Man, that's, it's very, it's a very biased write up because um, I, I don't know how much of a problem um, Dennis Marks was. Um, Jim Shooter is pretty well, you know, liked a lot in the Marvel industry because he actually he he had a, he had a, he kept Marvel running on like this. And um, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, Marvel in the eighties was huge. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I just looked up uh, Penny Racers, and uh, those yeah. were actually Takara. Uh, Takara uh, that made Penny Racers. There you go, man. Uh, so Takara, uh, they had Microchange, which is where they all came from. So that may be what what, what they they did a um they did a uh, you know kind of like sideline. Here are Penny Racers, but here they are as robots. I don't know. Um, I don't know a lot about Microchange. Uh, it's except that it's one of the um, one of the lines that they pulled from for Transformers. Um, you know, toys, microchange, diclone, um, gun robo, things like that. So, all right. Anyways, well, yeah. Well, let's let's go. Well, we've let's talked for forty five minutes about uh about all kinds of stuff. So let's. This is one of my favorite episodes because, um, as we've said several times, uh, my 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 degree is with uh, natural resource conservation, and this is like this is like an after school special PSA of uh like natural resource conservation. It's sort of we'll get we'll, and we'll get into that oh, yeah. towards the end because the the end is where it it was where they hit you with the gut punch but yeah, uh but yeah so um so we start off with this 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 like beach stroll we've got like oh, perceptor the worst group walking but, down the beach I, I mean at least warpath speaking of warpath what is the deal with his voice right here because he sounds like a dude from like an open mic night from 1980 like. <laughs> Two years prior, he watched a Bobcat Goldthwait special and went, <laughs> I'm going to do that. That's, like, that's, that's, that's my gimmick. Cat, that, that, that's his deal. <laughs> so, yeah, there's this great line that they were towards the beginning of this. They, um, it was uh, Perceptor. Uh, he looks at his rock and is like, oh, I, I see there's some uh, gold and not uh, silver in this rock. It's interesting. And he goes like, so what do we care about? Wow, gold and zowie silver. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, this was... Well, no, actually, uh, the beauty that it is because Zowie, like he didn't care. Like, oh, I'm afraid there's silver here. <laughs> that is important for okay. Once again, comes back to D and D. What is Electrum? Electrum is a uh, naturally occurring alloy of gold and silver that is is the the third most valuable uh, uh, coinage. It's Dude, it's between it is, sil- it is the half dollar coin of D and D. It is the half. It is the half dollar coin. Yeah, exactly. Dude, and no uh, one uh, used it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's between silver and uh, between silver and gold. That, that's how I know it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we do. And... Like, I like look at it. Like that open scene. Like, wait a second. I like, start going. Yeah, like, that's just like, electrum. Yeah. Electrum. It's an alloy made of gold and silver. So, mm-hmm. foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, it's it's really no surprise that Dennis Marks wrote this, and it totally brings in a um a D and D. D and D thing, yeah, thing right immediately. So I, I wonder, if, I wonder if he knew anything about D and D. I wonder if he knew. that was the one thing he, he like read through like a like a, a manual, and that was the one thing he got. He's like, oh, <laughs> electrum. Like, oh, I'm gonna I write like that this in. electrum. No one else really does. Cool. I like this. Maybe that's what got him got kicked off of D and D. Like we can need to use electrum. No, no one cares about electrum, man. No one cares about fifty cent pieces. They're they put them in their their drawer and they like this kind of cool and put it away. That's that's electrum. Got to get um, off the electrum he, standard here, man. We gotta like uh, get back on the bring back stuff. electrum. Uh, so man, I was really impressed with Blitzwing in this. 
Blitzwing Blitzwing was very cool. This was a showcase for him in this one. I liked liked it a lot. Um, He uh, he pulls like total like, okay, this is actually um, the uh, the triple changers, um, Astro Train and Blitzwing. Mm -hmm. We'll come to an episode called Triple Takeover. They're kind of uh, they're kind of telegraphing themselves in these episodes like as a train they went uh, god gambit he was on the planet he's like no no don't tell megatron we're gonna do this ourselves mm-hmm. you know, like ha- they have this kind of authority thing going on and blitzwing goes right into this man he's like a sub commander he's more efficient than star scream he takes like he takes um was it thrust and ramjet's like go attack let's see he's quiet about it and really out of the out of the gate he's just like transform yeah. and attack now like like do it like no grandstanding, no, no plotting. Just like, nope. I know what we're gonna do here. We're gonna attack like, those dudes. Warlord is great. So, so this one seeker though is somehow that they get kind of paired up with the Autobots, and he gets paired up with with Sea Spray. Oh, is um that's Ramjet? Yeah, it was a Ram. Oh, Ramjet. Okay, but I knew Sea Spray though. I know. That. I'm see. I'm learning oh, the yeah. names. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, after. A season and a half after 60 episodes and learning them. <laughs> you learned the, the bad and... ones though. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll come up a lot more of the season because he's season two. Anyways. So he's God, he's an F-15, a, a, a superiority jet fighter. Yeah. And he's he dueling F-15? with he's an F-15. Yeah. Well, I mean, the body style, I think is the same as the. Uh, yeah, season, essentially. Right? He, so, is, I mean, yeah, he is. Um, but he, he's dueling with a, a a hover, a civilian hovercraft with a cannon grafted to the top of it. And he can't do, <laughs> he can't do anything. He's terrible at this. And he's so bad. And he just crashes into the water. He just he's crashing in the water. He's gone. But he, remember he that. The bookmark that. Yeah. Because it comes back a little later on. It does. He, he crashes. He rams the water. He rammed the water. He, and he attacks but, the darkness. But, <laughs> but then, like, speaking of ramming, though, like, Blitz, Blitzwing like transforms into a tank and just rams into, into Warpath. That was Dude, cool. He took the Warpath out instantly. Like man, Blitzwing is on his game right now. It was great watching this. Blitzwing is very cool. Blitzwing is, is super cool here. Man, um, he uses all three modes efficiently. But then we do get the Blue Lagoon though. We get oh. this little little scene here with some rabbits and some exotic birds and a deer and uh, and then they just take those those assets and they reuse them about fourteen more times in this episode. I, I said that uh, my notes were Beachcomber finds the force from the last unicorn. <laughs> they, like all the all the deer, all the rabbits, they all come out. The birds, the little little bird on his shoulders, like. Hey, let me try to understand what you're saying. He like listens to the birds' uh, song and uh, starts tweeting back. You know, yeah, it was it was this weird, this weird. Okay, Beachcomber was like the he's the beatnik scientist geologist of the Autobots. Hey man, let's just chill. Look what yeah, I found. yeah. This this hippie decided to be a Disney princess. And, he did. Uh, he was and, a Disney princess. But so he's yeah, he's standing out in the forest, like uh, and animals gravitating to him, like that one scene in uh, the Zelda on the Super Nintendo, where all the, <laughs> all the woodchucks come after the Master Sword. So, <laughs> but what does he find here? What he finds a pool of liquid electrum. So it is so it confirmed it is electrum. I knew I knew it. I knew it. My D and D brain finally got one step ahead of, of this right? show so yeah i think my uh my, my notes here yeah he spots a golden puddle and finds out it's a pool of half dollar coins from dnd universe that was mm-hmm. my that was my notes on this one so um however uh i'm not i'm not a scientist 
Didactic, I guess. I don't, I mean, I work in IT. I guess I, I work in the science related field. Uh, however, I do know that for gold itself to be liquid, you have to heat it to a minimum temperature of 1,948 degrees Fahrenheit. If you're in some other country listening to this and you use Celsius, do the conversion yourself. I don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> There's a fraction involved. Just don't know that. <laughs> Uh, no, we have a big, we have a big Turkish uh, fan base. Um, <laughs> we uh, do. Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah. So, hey. Turkey, I'm sorry. I'm hey. sorry. I'm sorry. Like our friends uh, in Turkey, email us. Um, email us. Well, I'll do the conversion email, for you. Ed Hicks transforms at Gmail. Let us know who you are and where you're at. That address better end in a .tr though. Uh, Electrum <laughs> though, I guess gets soft at about 1,064 degrees. Um, so, uh, so this this is just a bubbling like foundry, like a molten pit of of death here. And this, uh, he just like yeah. dips his hand in it, like, oh, huh. hmm. oh, oh man, look at that. my golden hand. What is going on? What is going on here, dude? What is going on? It's not like mercury, you know, like where it's like <laughs> like mercury melts at like like negative three hundred something degrees, yeah. I think, or something like that. Man, so, um, okay, I I I kind of had to thought about this because you're right, you're hundred percent right. So it has to be an alloy, a liquid alloy of gold and silver. Mm -hmm. So, um, once again, uh, my my wife's family is from um from Oregon. Uh, they live close to Mount Hood. Mount Hood is overdue for an eruption. It's, you know, anytime we could see like half of Oregon wiped out. I hope not because it's nice there. But, yeah. but um, there is, there constantly is like little fissures of volcanic, like the uh, gases will come out. If they're, they're um, little bits of magma will just randomly come out on Mount Hood. And it hmm. does that because it's seeping out because it's you know, got a lot of pressure there. So I, I, I surmise, man, this is like a, this is like a, like a, like a oceanic um, volcanic, you know, vent. Maybe there's like okay. some, like something going on below this because what we know about volcanic rock and, um, and all that, th it actually is a great provider of uh, ecosystem friendly um, um effect maybe you know okay. it, it, it's you know volcanic rocks very fertile it, things go really well mm -hmm. in there um so anyway that, that's my that's my scientific so you guys um, you say you, you're going for the no prize here you're going for the marvel comics no prize explaining why there's a, a pit of molten look i think i deserve but, a no prize no, 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 no it's fine it, no, her, no that's that's good hey, because hey, i was already got this first mad, uh, marvel man. no prize from this show i deserve one too <laughs> okay <laughs> no all right all right i'll buy it anyways it works it works so um <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the, and I, I hate also the reason that I knew the melting point of gold. I mean, I had it in my notes to, to confirm it, but I knew that because, um, remember when Notre Dame burned down? Uh, well, I, Notre Dame. I don't exactly remember it happening. Like it was like five years ago or something like that. I, I know. I, I don't remember it happening, but I know of it. There was a way that was a fire. Notre, Notre Dame, the, the 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 cathedral, not the college, the cathedral. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yes, I yes, I remember that. So I remember it. I don't know a lot about it, but yes. Anyway, oh, okay, but anyway, there was a, this image people were circulating where, um, like there, like uh, there was like some like wooden beams had had burned to cinders, but there was like a a cross made of like solid gold that was on this altar that, and it was fine, and all these people were were 
Uh, well, see, it's God's grace saving the saving the, the gold cross. And I'm like, or it's the fact that wood burns at like 600 degrees or something like that. And a normal house fire is like about a thousand degrees and oh, you're about a thousand degrees off from that melting. But Ed, come on, jet fuel doesn't burn that hot enough to burn <laughs> some else still boobs. Sorry, I had to throw that in there too. That was very oh. neck I like that. That's very nice. Oh geez. So anyway. uh, Warpath and Blitzwing have <laughs> Warpath and Blitzwing have this uh World War II uh, Tunisia style tank battle uh, for like three seconds. And that's very cool because that's really low key the coolest part of World War II. So, uh, it um, is. Uh, yeah, the, the gentleman's war. Um, <laughs> it wasn't really, though. Okay. All right. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, man. Well, yeah, okay. They didn't spray with mustard gas in World War II, but I mean, really, was it the gentleman's war? I mean, that part of it was a little more gentlemanly than. It was better. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I've, I've seen I'll it described. Look, well, man, I'll... I've seen it described that way by uh, people that uh, they're probably Nazis. So I should. I just should. <laughs> they work in SS Beer Works. The secret side. Uh, SS Beer Works said it was the Gentleman's War. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so my my whole like my whole history with like uh, when I was younger with World War One was uh, reading the old Peanuts comic. I had this big book of Peanuts comic strips. Oh, yeah. The whole thing with like Snoopy, like the like us uh, with with Campbell. And as yeah. he was the uh, you know flying ace of uh, the World War One, mm-hmm. and he would run through no man's land. I'm like, what is a no man's land? That was brutal, dude. No man's land in reality is yo brutal. yeah yeah that's uh, yeah that's not good. Um, Charles Schultz was ever, uh, very nice about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you ever just want to listen to the most miserable thing you can ever listen to, listen to um, Dan Carlin's uh, Hardcore History. Has a like a uh like a seven or eight hour world war one thing on this one on like this uh the battle of the psalm and uh i listened to the i bought and listened to the whole thing um and uh it was just like broken up into like these two and three hour episodes and uh, i was just ready to hang myself at the end of it because it was just like the most (laughs) depressing thing but wait wait, did they have christmas day that one time where they stopped fighting uh, that one time that one yeah, that, time that one yeah, time they stopped people fighting for that. one day they don't remember the fact that there were people being gassed in pits like mustard gas or like burning their lungs but you know yeah. hey this one time they had christmas one time they put us they played soccer in no man's land um <laughs> that's no. cool guys all right i'm gonna kill you now um anyways that was world war one the non-gentlemanly war the non-gentlemanly war here yeah. but uh so uh, Thrust, the gentleman uh, Thrust, uh, decides to just dive into the Electrum. And uh, he's played like he's an Egyptian pyramid. He's plated in this stuff. He's gold. He looks like a special edition Funko Pop. Dude, they had, um, they had, oh God, there was uh, Lucky Draws. They the car had these Lucky Draws, Transformers. Like, I remember Jazz was one of them. They would be plated in gold. Like gold, you know, chrome, yeah. you know, plated. Was it that bad gold that, that like rubs off with your hand after you play with it like five times? Um, it's, it, it turns if it's black. Anything like, uh, well, you know, if it's anything like the um, the vacuum sealed gold they did during the uh, during the nineties, it probably started flaking off at one point. Um, were those the ones that disintegrate? Would just disintegrate, like physically disintegrate? Oh well, no, they were they, they were um, they were the regular like figures underneath, and they just like, mm-hmm. the vacuum sealed gold. It was like um, there's a process they used a lot during Beast Wars toys, mm-hmm. and uh. They would. I, I can't remember the process, but basically, a vacuum seal the um, the chrome, you know, um, covering onto plastic. Yeah. And so that's what they're doing. Um, and sometimes that that uh, that vacuum sealed metal uh, plastic would actually last a long time. Sometimes it would like flake off in a year. I've got I got some figures that are they're. I mean, Beast Wars is like God, almost 
30 years ago now. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And uh it um some of them are just perfect, some of them are bad. They're like half flaked off. It just it's it's kind of, kind of crapshoot. But yeah, that's that's what they would do. Takar would do these lucky draws, and there would be like like a hundred or two hundred of these in this one figure, and they would go mm-hmm. for a lot of money because of that. So uh yeah, I mean they did that kind of thing. No, I know I was thinking of um uh when you said the gold ones i was thinking of uh i think uh, a friend of the show boo i believe uh told me once about some figures where they had they had like gold parts but they used like some kind of weird gold plastic form it wasn't the plastic syndrome yeah those would it would actually disintegrate it would like yes i actually have this guy here about to knock over other things too okay well i'm not gonna okay there we go so this guy here this is um this guy is a uh, british g2 um figure his name is um pyro anyways right here right here right here his gun they're all gold plastic and this gold plastic is uh very brittle now i'm uh i'm, I'm i don't want to handle this guy too much i have uh i have a couple other figures that are just like this they start disintegrating they start crumbling because they used uh like a like a certain um mixture of, of uh plastic where there was like i don't know I don't know, metal flex in it and it did not hold over time. There's a uh, very uh, hard to get at this point because there's gold plastic with it all over the, um, the toy for black Zarek from the master force cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, black Zarek is, um, has a, is the scorpion toy with a lot of gold plastic. He's black, red, and gold. And the gold plastic just crumbles. Apparently there's ways to get around it. Like something having to do with, um, with, um, super glue or something you can kind of coat it and reinforce it but yeah it, it was cool. it's a huge thing during the uh they had they had some of that in beast war still and uh the, i think the last times they used gold plastic like that was um before the 2007 transformers movie michael bay movie the first one they had the star screen that was all gold plastic it was like this this uh this preview preview kind of figure he is all gold plastic and he is one of the worst ones to crumble. Anyways, yeah, that's the whole gold plastic thing. So uh, we, we go back to the beach and uh, sea spray and uh, this guy we're still having was it who was it? Um, Ramjet. Ramjet. Yeah, they're having yeah. they're still having a battle and Ramjet comes out of the water. Uh, that was I guess he'd been underwater the whole time. That was cool. Um, so, uh, but thrust comes back. He's gold now. He's totally gold, and he's yeah. uh, he's he's impervious to uh to their uh to their blast at this point and now he has claws also this was this was cool he had somehow he had claws that came out of the bottom like a like like a oh like yeah a he picked up um picked a perceptor what's yeah he picked a perceptor and then tossed yeah, him around these, good like good for him buzzard claws these eagle claw things that were yeah. really cool man i wanted with some of those those are great um no sorry my my uh my notes like for some reason went to the bottom for some reason um yeah, he, he basically he like thrust comes out and just starts laying waste to everyone and like they can't they shoot him but it doesn't do anything because there's new fantastic lucky draw gold coating mm-hmm. well electrum coating I'm sorry it's gold coating yeah so but um, then, he, then he goes back to the uh, to the septicons and tells them about the whole thing and they they all just are like and Megatron's like yes yes this dude's got a plan and all, more importantly it's a plan that does not involve stealing electricity from somebody so I'm I'm very on board. I'm Stealing on board. Uh, that's a resource. I got to stop you real quick though. Um, they they um all sea spray the naval strategist, the naval strategist. hovercraft who needs to swallow 
guys. Um, by the way, that yeah. is actually Alan Oppenheimer, who is Merman slash Skeletor. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We talked. I think we talked about that. A couple yeah, we did at some point. Yeah. Um. God, his his voice kills me because I just like swallow, dude, swallow. One time. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that he he has to be a, a naval strategist because he's the only boat, the only boat transformer at this point. Right now, yes. Right now, yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody comes out later. I'm just like, like, is he a boat though? Because he's a hovercraft. Hovercraft's. Oh yeah, he's too. not. Yeah, uh, he's okay. the only one that's built to, to natively like traverse water. I guess is the thing. <laughs> Well, my grandma neckbeard out here. Well, actually, actually. Uh, remember this time they had all the skis and they went across the water and they surfed? Yeah, remember uh, the time yeah, they surfed? Yeah, remember, remember yeah. the greatest scene, the second greatest scene <laughs> after the barbarian with the, the burrito? Actually, um, yeah, God. So uh, they all dive in to this pool. They all get gold and they're all shooting each other with, with beams. Like It's like they're testing something out on Jackass. Like they're like... Uh, <laughs> motorcycle helmets on on jackass here well okay. i love it though because the megatron's like starscream you jump in he's like me yeah you like i'm not going to there first he, like starscream becomes like megatron's like food tester Dude, he's like he immediately blasts him with the cannon though and, and then when he comes like, out he's just like and, and mushrooms like like finally yeah so <laughs> Oh God! So, and they're shooting laser blasts at each other, and it does nothing. So, but let me let me ask you, let me ask yeah. you a question, uh, Evan. Um, back in the day, did you ever play the role playing game Rifts? I had a glitter back, back in the nineties. Back in the nineties, did you ever play this? Because, and I ask you that because the nineties are the only time that you're allowed to play Rifts. Because Rifts cannot exist in in, in any time except for the nineteen nineties. It was a very 90s game, and I say that because it was... Because look at it, that's why. What's that? Because look at it, that's that's, that's, that's why why it's 90s. I I remember, do you remember um, Kevin McAfee? I do. Okay, he got me to roll up a Glitter Boy pilot. Okay. Oh, that's that's where I was going. That's where I was going with this, though. Yeah. Is that, like for for the, for the uninitiated, uh, Rifts was a role playing game uh, created by um, this company called Palladium Books. Who are I, I don't. I, that's a whole episode in of itself. But it was this post apocalyptic, like war torn thing, where like the idea was that these rifts opened up and and they kind of joined like all these different worlds and dimensions together. So you could play anything you wanted. You could play a you could play like a like a giant a dude in a giant uh, mech suit. You could play a scientist. You could play a wizard. You could play a demon. Teenage mutant ninja turtle. Yeah, you play you could play ninja turtle. You could play a superhero. You could play all this stuff in this Robotech giant Robotech Valkyrie. Robotech. Um, you could play like a, a like a dinosaur. You could play a dragon. Um, oh yeah. All on the same group. You can play stuff all in the same group. And um it was a but there drawer. was what's that? It was, it was a junk drawer of of um 90s role-playing games. Oh yeah, but but the thing is, and and everything in this was ripped off from something else. You you can look oh, yeah. at all these pictures and go, oh, the bad guys in this were these guys called the coalition who looked a lot like Nazis. And by by, by a lot, I mean exactly like Nazis. Um <laughs> it's just everything they had, had like a skull on it, like even like their yeah. their help their Helmets had were skull helmets. Oh, they God. had a giant. There were tanks. There were giant skulls. They had yeah, a giant skull with spider legs. They had a <laughs> they had a, a, a like a, they had like a flying transport that was a skull head, and the, the jaw opened up, and soldiers would come out of it. Like yeah, um, dude, that that might as well just been a red skull. <laughs> it was it really like, it was it was well, but yeah, that was the most Nazi fascist thing that they the Proud Boys wish they had that kind of budget. But oh, yeah, um, oh, totally, so. yeah, yeah, so. So the coalition was great. I liked them so much. They were great bad guys. 
but you were saying that you played a character called a glitter boy. A, a, no. a glitter boy was a dude who had a, a he was just a regular guy, but he had he, a, a mech suit. He was a tank. Was, what's that? He he was this tank. He like walked around. He had a rail gun, and you were just had a lot of uh, armor, and you're just a dude in armor with a yeah. huge rail gun. You're Megatron. You, yeah, you were, you were basically yeah, you were basically Megatron. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that the glitter boy was called the glitter boy because it was uh, it was painted in uh, in with gold paint that reflected laser beams off of it. So, knowing what I know about the author of Rifts and how he ripped everything off from everything else, I wonder if the concept of the glitter boy comes from this episode of Transformers. Oh God, what is that guy's name? Kevin Sambita. Sambita, that's right. I remember Sambita. God, yeah, he probably did. Um, yeah, I, I I genuinely wonder. Um, okay, I got I got to tell you a great story about uh, McAfee, Kevin McAfee. <laughs> okay, I, I liked him. He was actually he was he's okay. He was he's fun. He was very um, awkward, uh, skinny nerd guy. Yeah, with a mullet. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were at a pep rally one day at Washington High School, and uh, you know, like I, I hung out with him because he was geeky. I was a little geeky too. I was awkward. And uh, he's like, hit me. Like, dude, this guy is like probably 90 pounds soaking wet. I was going to crush him if I hit him. Yeah. I was, I was, and I was in the weightlifting class also. I was, I was a big guy in high school. And uh, he's like, just hit me real hard. I'm like, okay, dude. I, I, I kind of like pulled, like hit him kind of hard, you know? And his whole shirt goes, shh, shh, He was wearing a polo with a, a ringmail shirt he made underneath it. I'm like, <laughs> what is that he's like yeah you like it i was mad i've been working on like for for weeks in this ring mail shirt i'm like you're wearing it the school he's like in the cool no no what it's not dude? cool i was i was like that's kind of neat um but dude i i can't don't do that anymore don't don't show that off if i'm gonna hang out and talk to you Look, man, I'm not like the most popular kid at school, but I'm better than that. <laughs> oh no! And, and then see, okay, you might be able to do that now, but like in the '90s, man, if you did that, like, <laughs> like you're done, man. You're you're, you're still you're in John off. Hughes times. God, what a dude! <laughs> hit me, hit me real hard. I'm like I don't hit you hard. Like just come on. I heard that ching ching ching. Like, dude, no. He was so <laughs> proud of himself. He wore a a um Izod polo shirt with it underneath it. It would have been cool if he had to put the, the eyes out on the on the armor. <laughs> if he had the alligator on the <laughs> man, I, I actually I I, I like that gaming group um in the in the nineties. The they were they were actually, you know, they're fine. There were a few couple people that were kind of jerks, but you know, it's like a, every gaming group, there's there's people who were yeah. fine, there are people who are jerks. Yeah, Kevin and his brother Mike. Uh I don't know. I don't even remember. Uh, they Brian. Were, they would just... Brian was his. Was Brian. His Brian. Yeah, I, I know. They, I know him. I know him because uh, he and I. Um, uh, I, I dated his girlfriend after after they split up for a little while, and uh, that was yeah. I I didn't know those guys real well, but but um yeah, that was. But hey, guess what? Uh, you know what's you know what else is weird though? It's weirder than that though. Was the fact that uh, Power Glide just randomly says. Hey man, I really wish a Mirage was here. Why? Why does he wish Mirage was there? But what happens though? Mirage is there. He's invisible. Mirage is doing what he does. He is. Uh, he's like, well, we're gonna hang out here and like check these guys out, see what they're doing. Maybe I should. I should leave. So yeah, man, he is. Uh, he was creeping on the uh, Operation Security OPSEC 
of the rescue mission. Oh. Like, hey guys, you need my hand? I can help you too. Like, yeah, why was he being a weirdo like that? Why was he? Because it's Mirage. Dude, okay, different? have you listened to the uh, Man of Iron uh, comic uh, series that Boone and I have done? Uh, a, a little bit, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very behind on all my podcasts right now. Okay, Mirage is mm-hmm. creepy. Oh, is he? Oh, well, I mean, oh, if you can turn dude. visiting kids like uh, prepubescent kids in the middle of the night. Turning invisible is an inherently creepy power. And I'm, I I think that after uh, like reading and watching the boys, I, I think that that's a power <laughs> that would just absolutely corrupt anyone on, uh, that, that ever got it. Dude, okay. Whenever someone says like, okay, you have a choice of superpowers. Do you want to, do you want to be invisible or do you want to fly? And like, I want to be invisible because I want to sit in the locker rooms and watch the girls. Okay. okay you're, you're a creeper. That's uh, you always the first answer. Every fly time is the coolest thing. You just like, fly over everything you check out like you watch you look at like like carved out fields in kansas stuff no one was sitting in the locker room watch girls you're yeah. you're you're a creeper yeah no i yeah hundred yeah. no, percent. now i know that now back when i was younger i would be like who want to be invisible well, now yeah, i know yeah. that's wrong but yeah yeah so i guess that there's there's an age there's an age thing there there's a cutoff there's <laughs> yeah. like yeah you're, you, say that you, past, can... you say that past 15 then you're you're done you're you uh you have kids at some point you're like oh that's that's not okay mm-hmm. That's what it is. You're like, no, 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 I'm, I can't do that. It's, it's wrong. Um, anyways, yeah. So, so um, he like, know, I wonder if like the animators love this episode because they just got to color everybody yellow. It's like, so much easier. Just throwing it in, dude. They, they couldn't screw up the um the the colors of the seekers. They couldn't screw up any other colors. They couldn't yeah, accidentally do two everybody's. Yeah, things. it's like, oh man, I don't care. I don't care who it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, man, the Decepticons mow through two waves of Autobots. They go to the back to the Decepticon base where Starscream brags, and then it brings out Perceptor and Sea Spray to fight for entertainment. So Soundwave is like, I need to tell Megatron, but he actually the subtitles say Mega John. I was about to say the subtitles say Mega John. Mega John. Mega John. Subtitles are pretty good at this episode, but yeah, Mega John is like that was good. Yeah. Like, like man, is he is he pimping you out, Soundwave? Um, <laughs> so yeah. But that is all happening. There's they're like Perceptor and and Sea Spirit like, oh, I guess we should fight. I don't know. But dude, Smokescreen shows up and goes to Omega Supreme and says, Hey, we need your help. And Omega Supreme's like, failure impossible. Okay, dude, you're just you're you're setting yourself up for failure here. So prior to this, though, Smokescreen had one of the most epic like crashes ever. He was all beat up because like they just he came like roaring in with the, with the Smokescreen and like oh, Megatron yeah. just like shoot the whole Smokescreen. I don't care. He's in there somewhere. And like <laughs> but he he totally did like a like a flip and like totally wrecked himself. And they, they were like, yeah. <laughs> see you later, dude. And, like, <laughs> the cons were like, man, this guy just wrecked, dude. But uh, dude, he's he's done. <laughs> he, he woke Omega Supreme up and uh dude Omega Supreme rules though because um he's like you know he's giant he's like lumbering around like a like a transformer Godzilla and Power Glide <laughs> is. is like well, like Power Glide's like guiding him and he's like like hey Omega Supreme there's enemies ahead and Omega Supreme is just like the in, uh what does he say unnecessary information he's like he didn't even care there's enemies ahead he's like I'm just gonna blast him anyway I don't care yeah he's <laughs> like yeah this, this is cool um but man <laughs> The best part of that, this, um, okay, back to the uh, the uh, Decepticon, like you know, a base. Perceptor Sea Spray pull a Dinobot in the in the of in the arc maneuver and start shooting up the club. Yeah, they shoot everywhere. Everything. And like, yeah, yeah it was cool. 
It's great. And uh they but the um Acepticon's attacking makes his premium and it goes off as expected. Um <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, he's like Mega for Supreme's like results disappointing. He is the dude of very like understated. He's understated. He can't use conjunctions, so he right. just says things understated. Yeah. So uh but he does this really cool thing where he, he like opens a fissure up. He like he steps on the ground and like the seekers fall because they I guess they forgot how to fly. Dude, they th- that constantly happens in the show where like the airplanes fall into a into a ravine. Like yeah. it, like like you can you have other guys you can do this with. You can have Soundwave fall in there. You can have a you can have like Rumble fall in there. It's it's fine. You don't have to like they can all tr- fly in robot form anyway. They're jets, but they're jet. These guys specifically, these guys are designed <laughs> to fly. Like um, well, so, dude. Megatron is like, hey, I want to take him out personally. So Soundwave becomes the man with the golden gun mm-hmm. and just cool. lays out Omega Spring. That was cool. Yeah, and then they just blaze. This dude is just like totally fragile here. Um, yeah. He's like, he's like devastator. He just shows up and he's like, oh, cool. And he just, just gets blown up. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of devastator, though, um, there was a bumper with him uh, right here. Is that is that new? I don't I don't know that I've seen that one. They before. they they cycle through some uh, newer ones in their, during this part of the season, so it might be new. Okay. I can't remember if it is or not. They they loved using the uh, shockwave one for a while, so it might be the mm-hmm. the, the uh, devastator one might be sorry, devastator one might be new. Um, yeah, though. Um, Ironhide and like Mirage are in disbelief that Mega's Mega Supreme's defeated, and Optimus Prime finally shows up 16 minutes into this and we finally get Optimus Where Prime. Where is your leader at? Megatron's there, man. He's He is shooting up the club. He is I shooting know. Starscream. They're bouncing laser beams off everything and destroying this uh, this, this Electrum-like forest. But uh, <laughs> Optimus Prime is like panicked about the concept of Electrum. Like, don't go to the like Egypt, then. The, uh, <laughs> the Teletrain one flash sword Electrum. I mean, yeah, man, like it's some, like it's some crisis. Like, 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 what else are you panicking about? Like, like, I don't, I like, I like, I don't know, man. Like, oh, there's rubies. Rubies, oh. <laughs> ruby mines of Burma. Ruby mines um, of Burma. Right? <laughs> <laughs> man, I gotta say real quick, uh, as an aside, the the first mini series of um, of Transformers. Was so much like the uh, the little miniseries they did of GI Joe. Like the first season of GI Joe was all these little different miniseries. Like they go and like yeah. the the Weather Dominator. They use like ruby crystals or in there at mm-hmm. one point or heavy water or whatever. That was that was fantastic. I thought about that re- uh, recently when I was watching this episode. Uh, it was so. The GI Joe ones were all real similar though, because it was like the first one I think was the uh, uh, I think the first one was the mass device. That was the one where they it, it, it would like, teleport or whatever. But then they had the the Weather Dominator. But it was like out of darkness. And they were just trying to get the same stuff. Like it was like, yeah. why did you guys save some from last time? I, I can tell you, man. I, I love the um the bareness from um from the first miniseries. You know, like the, the um the Cobra uniform and the green like lens glasses. Mm-hmm. It was like peak bareness right there. Um, it looked very it looked very okay. It looked very German. Yeah, she did look very. A lot of things about a lot of things about Cobra look very. Yeah, the early uh. Cobra was very um, SS Beer Works. They were very SS Beer Works. Yeah, they were. <laughs> um, so they a lot of uh, a lot of Aries eighty eight drunk on those uh, in the Cobra <laughs> headquarters. The Terror Drome had a lot of uh, 
<laughs> yeah, man. That was probably you're probably the brewery of the charity room. They had um, draft, dude. It was so yeah, man. They, the Decepticons go top off. They're like, yeah, we're gonna get a little more electrum going on, and a more electrum. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna like. I guess it wears off after a while. Like, oh, I'm gonna just uh, get a little extra, you know, top off here. And Power Glide sees him. Mm-hmm. Power Glide is doing a good job for once. He's not just like, hey, guys, bang, zoom. Flying around. Like, yeah. You know, like, come on, uh, bang, zoom to the moon. He's not pulling the um, the um, the usual Power Glide stuff. He's like, oh, this is important. I should t- let him know. So Beachcomber is, uh, is, is captured, you know. He's, he's there with, um, with um, Perceptor and Sea Spray. Wait, one second. It was, it was Perceptor, Sea Spray. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Beach Cover shows up there. And the Seekers are taking off their arm guns, their, their arm cannons, and using them like as rifles for some why, reason. Why? Why would you do this? Dude, okay, if I had guns on my hands, if I were that kind of person, I would just like just do this all the time. I wouldn't like stop it. Hold on, let me take this one off. Yeah, because you, you can't use your hands to do Dude, like, like, that's like you have like hand beams almost. Yeah. So yeah, the um he they take off their, their guns for some reason and Beachcomber is like hiding up in the top of the cell and jumps down and like I don't know who it is. It might be Thundercracker, it might be Scar. I can't tell. It's it's a, jet. it's a jet. And uh and uh he he knocks him out, takes his gun and mm-hmm. frees Perceptor and uh and uh Sea Spray. Which reinforces what I said earlier about the Electrum basically just making uh, energy beams reflect off of them. There's they're like kinetic energy still still does damage or whatever. They could have been shooting missiles this whole time and, and it yeah. wouldn't even have been a factor. So Dude, okay, yeah. Yeah, you you basically he, he used SDC instead of MDC. <laughs> That's a rip show, you, you guys don't know. You guys in case you guys don't know. Um <laughs> so uh yeah, he um he takes the they they take the 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 I think um it was sea spray or yeah sea spray grabs another like um arm rifle and uh beachcomber goes over to like the viewport i don't know why the decepticons have a viewport in their base with the ocean so they can, i guess watch the whales or something he shoots it what well, wasn't that um that thing they're in wasn't it like a ship that they took yeah under? it was it was the um yeah well, i mean it, it makes it makes sense retroactively it was called the nemesis so yeah, the Decepticons, like the Ark was called the Ark. In in this uh, this per- per- period, it was just the Decept- Autobot ship or the Decepticon ship. So um, yeah, the the um, they they shoot a viewport because obviously you want to take that in the space with glass covering. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean you take space shuttles got glass. Dude, come on, it's not just regular glass. I mean, it's... they they reinforce stuff with like you know heavy sealant and stuff and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I've never been in a space shell. I don't know. Maybe you should. Probably like, um, maybe it's like transparent aluminum. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that. I heard that got invented. In yeah, the yeah. They uh, tell Scotty like drop it a little uh, knowledge. <laughs> That's a Star Trek Four joke, in case you guys. Yeah. Know. <laughs> so well, the, it. Um, yeah. so the Autobots <laughs> decide that they're also going to get in, and they're gonna they're they're gonna get the Electrum too. And somebody says. Come on in. The Electrum's fine. Like I, I, I okay. guess if you like thousand degree boiling molten metal. Hold on a second. There is a point here. Dirge is on. Uh, he's he is so he's crappy. He's on guard duty. He's like, oh, I guess I gotta 
everybody hates on him. Long haul shows up and makes fun of him for having to stay there while they're out out doing stuff. And like the three escapees grab Dirge, like Scooby-Doo style, grab him, pull him in the the bush, start beating him up. So yes, once again, SDC, not NBC. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Optimus shows up with the main force when they're all beating up Dirge and he's knocked unconscious. And they're like, you know, uh, Beachcomber has this golden hand, this electrum. Sorry, not gold. It's electrum hand. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to hold this here so no one sees that I already knew about everything. I could have averted everything that's happened so far. And yeah, uh, they're, talk- they're talking about going in it. And like Beachcomber's like, well, got to cover up my lion owl and jumps into the electrum pond. Yeah. He covers his lie up. Like, what's his problem? Why, why couldn't he, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, he, he he should have known ahead of time. He should have made sure this is all okay. And uh, he he dropped the ball. He um yeah. he he dropped the ball before he he passed the goal line and, and lost the game. Oh, he did the he pulled that move. Yep. Yes, he um, did. And uh, he he was like he was strutting and dropped it. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the um for all you um uh, uh people who don't understand um sports ball, yeah. Um. The um so. They go and they they start jumping in there, and Megatron realizes. Okay, sorry, Megatron and the Decepticons attack the Autobot base, and they had dummies out there. Yeah, they like basically like took t-shirts and stuffed them with like straw and cotton, and did like a like a football helmet on top of them, and like oh we're gonna shoot all the Autobots, and they go and they realize like the Autobots right here, and Megatron's like oh crap, they know what's going on, and they they fly back to the Electron Pond. Why didn't he like leave like a like a detachment of guys there to like just blow up the Autobot base? They could, like he could have sent like the cassettes in there, and they could have just done so much like or so much havoc in there. But I gotta ask you, man, where are the Dinobots? Are they in their closet? Oh yeah, yeah, they gotta be. In their <laughs> they just thought about oh, yeah. they're, the just, they're just walking around like every time they open the door, they're just they're, like walking around. <laughs> they they they've awesome. got like a little like cat toy out for the uh, Dinobots player with when they're in the, in the ark in their little closet. Um, <laughs> I love the idea that the Dinobots are in the dark in the closet, just stand there waiting for someone to ask them for help. Hey, we need you, we need your help, Dinobots. Come on, Grimlock. <laughs> oh man! But uh, so they return to the uh the electric pond, and the uh the Autobots are all glammed out. They are all looking like they are golden. They are electric. Oh yeah, Is they're looking shiny? good. And they're like, they're, they start shooting. And dude, Omega Supreme comes out of the electrum. How deep is this pond? How deep is the pond? Yeah, because he's massive. And uh, <laughs> it was cool, though. It's and, a like, battle station, man. And so we get we get gold versus gold. We get we get special edition figure versus special edition figure. So like, it's man, you know, like brutal. Like somewhere there was some kid out there that took his that took his his dudes and like spray painted them gold. Tester's like, enamel. They paint a thing gold, testers and animal. You know they did. Oh no. Dude, um, when I when I um when I was talking to JB at one point, I was painting miniatures. He's like, I got all these these testers and animal. I'm gonna paint some figures. Like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Use Ralpartha. But or something. Use you, you want to use acrylics, not enamels for the most part. Yeah, yeah. He, he's as long as it's acrylic, it's acrylic is fine. But yeah, um, JB um didn't he, he gave me all his paints that I threw them away. He had um so 
he had a full army of uh of warhammer fantasy uh dark elves for a long time but he had just used those like it was like see he had like seven different colors of paint or something like that so he like he painted all these guys and so everything was like like bright shiny like so everything uh had these stark white faces and like jet black hair and bright silver so everything uh and like his like black leather and then like some bright silver metal so the whole army looked like kiss <laughs> it was like it was like a hundred like a hundred little little kisses with crossbows and spears um, <laughs> The guy gave rock and roll to him. Um, the uh, the thing, beauty of it is, like, you'd see like people showing up at the Warhammer tournaments, they just spray paint them all orange, like they painted, like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, for a long time, there was a rule in Warhammer. Uh, if you to play at official tournaments, that your models had to be painted three colors, and it, it was it was to encourage people to paint their models. It was like, gotta paint, paint yeah, it was one of those rules, but uh, yeah, um, I, I, I saw people show up with like orange spray painted, uh, they were they were um, they were primed and they sprint paint with like orange or yellow or something like mm -hmm. come on yeah um uh, well uh, a friend of mine once uh, went to one of those tournaments and he was the night before the tournament he was up at like three in the morning he was and he had like he was what? playing uh tyranids which are basically like the, the aliens from aliens um well yeah i know that you're talking about yeah uh, yeah they're very they're very cool they're very they're, they're these big monsters and whatever but um he was sitting there um all night uh, he had he had spray painted them all black and um as a stopgap just so he could have a three color painted uh, army on the table to play in the tournament he was taken he had um like red and blue paint and he's sitting there like putting a dot of each color on on the tails like <laughs> it's like the like, like four hours before this tournament it's legal man three colors it's, it was th it's got three colors so um I actually I, I have some of the um some of the old aliens um miniatures in my box uh -huh. somewhere. They were cool. They were great. Those are cool. They're worth a lot of money now too. Oh, really? Well, look at that. Um, but yeah, so um, this, there's this whole fight where, dude, okay, Soundwave is shot and it reflects off of Bumblebee and then hits the ground under Jazz. Mm -hmm. And the, we see we see the um, the Smokey the Bear is, is has a tear going down his face for the, what's going on with the last unicorns forest right now. Yeah. This is where it kicks in. Like the last like two minutes of the, Dude, it, this is a, uh, this episode. is a after school special PSA. Um, Blitzwing is flying. Um, and, uh, ha and as he's flying, he decides in mid air to transform into a tank. I don't know what the plan was here. Cause he, he went from being Supreme strategist, tactical genius to being, I'm gonna transform into a brick in midair and keep flying and hope something cool happens. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the. Dude, if you're are. like, if you're protected, you have all your um your MDC up, your your electron plating, and you can just like batter ram into somewhere else. But when he transformed, it went away. It started fading, man. No wonder they topped off at one point. Mm -hmm. I guess the uh, the electrum, it's like uh, the more you use it, maybe the less it covers, less time. Maybe, maybe where's all? I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah. It's it's uh, you so know, like so the, yeah so they, they start it wears off of everybody and then the, the Autobots start blasting and they're like well I guess we gotta get out of here because I mean they yeah. were at this point they were at the disadvantage so essentially the whole the solution to this entire episode was just to wait a few minutes yeah uh, was just just hang on like oh okay well that's real heroic good well yeah then like the Septicons take out the Golden Pond here uh, blow the it up because they don't mm -hmm. control anymore. 
like if, well if we don't have it i can't have, have it, it no one can no that's 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 strategically sound if there's a resource that that Turn your fields. an opponent and an edge and and you if you can't control it and yeah. you can't defeat the enemy then the, the next best thing is to destroy that so that it doesn't exist and it's not it's out of the equation yeah that's, that's how they that's how uh, napoleon uh, well one of the ways napoleon uh got defeated in in russia they would burn the fields and uh, go uh, retreat and uh, yeah. then the winter got them and they had no yeah. food and no, uh, no way to deal with the, the winter. You know who else died that way? A oh, bunch of Nazis, great. a bunch of Nazis. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah. They, they, uh, they were ill-prepared. They were ill-prepared. Um, yeah, thank goodness. Well, I guess the, the, the crystal meth they were making didn't last long enough to make them do their methed out. Dude, you, you've seen oh, him, I know. Him the speeches. He is sweating. Oh, oh he's oh, he's he's hot. He is methed out. I, I guess it was how the uh, the white supremacists love meth. Also, you know who was not hopped up though. Oh, you know who was not hopped up though at this point because uh, the big uh, Denome uh, comes in and it's literally Beachcomber sitting on a burnt stump in this forest while this forest burns around him and, and he just goes, "We won, but what cost?" And then, it, and then that's the end. There was a huge environmental message here, and yeah. they they were just like, it was it was like a half a second of uh, I'm like, huh? I, I was like, that's, that's kind of poignant. Like finally, yeah. somebody acknowledges that the collateral damage of these stupid battles from giant space robots. But yeah, it was, it was episode way ahead of this time, but it was just like it was like a it was very evident when you when you watch the episode. But yeah, it was mentioned like once. Well. He was the Disney princess at the beginning, like, oh, these animals are cool. They're hanging out with me and I can talk to them. And then all the battle happens. And the, when the Decepticons are first get there, they start shooting each other and it like massacres the forest anyways. As a kid, I would not have gotten that yeah. at all. Um, yeah. Like, I would like to think that I would have, but I I, I would not I would not have gotten that. Yeah, um, um, just um, this, this was... Um, uh, around the time that I, that I remember uh, a lot of attention being drawn to uh, like slash and burn style oh, yeah. uh, stuff going on in the Amazon. So yep. I, I guess that may be a real world factor creeping into this episode. Um, there was a lot of um, there were, this was the really um, the, I want to say, I want to say the birth of it, but there was the, the, the public attention drawn to environmental concerns. Mm. This was kind of the, uh, the, the time and when it was getting really big um we were dude okay when we were little you heard about the ozone layer the holding ozone layer mm-hmm. and eventually it closed up because we stopped using, using as many cfcs and it was uh you know it was it healed itself over time but yeah. uh during the, during the 80s, forward, remember. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly um mm-hmm. so we 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 don't understand the i'm not going to get a soapbox here real quick but we don't fully understand our impact on ecological systems um, or actually the world itself, you know, climate change, all that. And um, so we were just learning about things at this, at this point. They're, they're putting in a cartoons and TV shows, after school specials. We were just learning then as kids. Um, God, I remember um, I was a friend's mine across the street, uh, Jason and Colton Wright. Um, they, I grew up across the street from them. Uh, J- Jason, I remember when uh, George H.W. Bush, the first Bush, uh, was um, trying to become president against Dukakis. And uh, they did a whole thing where they had boats, I think it was, I don't know, New York or Boston. And they were like dropping these colored um, dyes in the water. 
you know, like big, you know, like we're American. Here's like we're gonna make a big show of it. And he got so mad as a little kid. He was like, "Man, they're polluting the water." And that, that's that, it's starting to get into our the zeitgeist of being a kid in the '80s. Like all these mm-hmm. shows and stuff were put into environmental concerns. And he got, I remember, he got so mad. He's like, "What are they doing?" Um, but you know, he um, he, he was he was very um hyper kid and stuff. So he he like went like kind of nutty about it for a bit but you know he, he meant well so mm-hmm. um you know um yeah like I, I grew up across the street from when i was little so yeah the um the the concerns as, as a as a i guess a a kid in this time we were like really bombarded with stuff i mean after school specials cartoons i mean god the um the uh my that little pony movie my wife had me watch like a year ago or so. It was basically like, like environmental stuff, you know, the sludge stuff or whatever. Oh, yeah. All this stuff, all the, we were, we were being fed, you know, anti-pollution stuff. So this, this plays right into it. This is the right time of uh, the, uh, our childhood to see this stuff. And then uh, three years later, Excel Captain Bobby? Planet. Oh, Captain Planet. Well, Captain Planet, the most ham-fisted uh, environmental uh, thing. Like, like I watched Captain Planet when it first came out. I oh, thought yes, it was pretty cool, even though I was probably a little, uh, I was probably getting a little beyond that. But I always thought it was, even back then, I thought it was silly that there was like a, like, so, like a, a guy whose entire goal was to pollute. Like, oh, we have to pollute over here. Not like, not like it, you know, it actually is where it's like these, these companies are like, man, like it, it, it's just, I don't want to pay the money to not pollute this thing is, yeah. is how it usually comes. So, and so instead of me paying money to not pollute this thing, I'm going to pay this Congressman to not investigate me for, for not paying to not pollute this thing. So okay. instead of these guys were just like, I'm, I made pollution. It wasn't like, it was like a byproduct of making money. It was like, there, that was like their whole goal was like, I'm going to make chemicals that just pollute. I'm going to pollute and pollute and pollute. Like, like what, what's your end goal here, bro? Do you know whenever you see like a new uh, development being built, um, there's like the orange clay that when it rains, it starts running down the hill and stuff. Oh, yeah. The waterways. It is less costly for them to pay a fine for it getting to the waterways than it is to actually make uh, make it so it's it's less impactful environment. That's that's truth. Um, yeah. So that's why people would be like, well, oop, oopsie poopsie. I guess we'll pay 200 bucks and get out of this one. It, it's legitimate. Something must happen, man. I don't know. Um, that's yeah. why I'm a firm believer in uh, that fines are only a deterrent for poor people. Mm-hmm. Fines are only a punishment for poor people. 100%. That, like, that is. Hey, quit being so socialist, man. Come on. <laughs> this is a podcast about Transformers. This is the most Real political we've gotten on this show, Jeez, on this show so far. And you're despite the fact away that, from the cartoon oh well i mean th- th- i mean i say all the time on this show that i'm not going to get into politics here but let me, there's a little tidbit we, but we this time you know me. what you know what th- i'm i'm, I'm th- this episode only i'm just gonna this is a political episode hold on i'm gonna read from uh das capital here uh for a little bit um Ooh. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding I'm, I'm totally kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah my, my, we got my stepson uh um um was it um from tyranny a novel to read um I don't know. Yeah, he basically wants to read about you know tyrannical rulers. So we got that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he loves it. And he's like, this is great. Yeah. Okay. As or as he would say, this is based. Oh, okay. Yes, um, yes. I'm picking up the lingo of the new generation, the zennials, um, if you will, um, because um, I like to make fun of it. Um, anyways, yeah. So 
this uh what do you think of this episode man in uh in, to wrap it up um i mean uh you know it I didn't think it was bad. Uh, I, there weren't any bad uh, animation errors. Nothing was silly. The the plot <laughs> was that. I mean, I mean, the, the plot was actually pretty solid. It's like you know yeah. they they found a resource that you know made them invulnerable to each to you know to the yeah. to the enemy. I mean, and uh, that was pretty cool. Um, it. Uh, I mean, I, like. The only thing that, that kind of drug it down for me was the uh, was the, the, the team they used, and I ended, I mean, I, like <laughs> like I've said before, I get you know you got to rotate out on toy ad uh, shows, you got to rotate out like, hey, we're gonna you know we're gonna let's focus on these two dudes for a little while, or let's let's yep. let's, uh, let's push this 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 new thing that's out. But uh, I I don't I don't care for Perceptor in the show. I think he's <laughs> I think he's terrible. I don't like Sea Spray in the show. I think he's also uh, he has an annoying voice. Um, I don't really like Warpath either. So, um, it's the worst team for you, man. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a real bad team. Be- Beachcomber, yeah. I, I think, man, Beachcomber, I find like a real fascinating character, though. I think he's, I think he's neat, and I kind of wish they would do like a little bit more with him. Like, um, I know they this is like the second kind of almost spotlight they've had with him, but it's like, I feel like there's like, like, he just kind of sits there and just spaces out and it's like like can we explore that like like what's going on in in this guy's like circuits here let's see what's going on um he's almost like um he's almost like lifeline from gi joe oh yeah yeah oh Um, here's from gi joe he was a pacifist but anyway yeah um so no i i thought it was it was pretty cool um kid brain like like actually was all over this because it was one of those uh one of those things where there was like a whole like like the whole concept of like this thing that'll, you know, like you can be temporarily like invulnerable to your enemy. Like that's a cool like play scenario, you know, where, you know, like, uh, like, you know, you find some piece of trash around the house and you're like, well, this is going to be the lake where you go and, you know, and they fight over that, you know, it's like, it's almost like the monkeys fighting over the water in uh, 2001, uh, which is my favorite <laughs> part true. of 2001. Yeah. Uh, first in fact, I, I want, I want a two hour movie of just that, of just those monkeys from 2001. Um, I don't first want the space minutes. stuff. What's up? First five minutes of the movie. That's a half an hour. Well, I, okay. It's 30 minutes. Okay, it's 30 that, that's minutes fair because 2001 doesn't ever end. Yeah, but I, I want that to be the whole movie. Like, like hyper like, crazy tunnel for like half an hour. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, but no, I, I want just like a whole movie of just the just the first 30 minutes. I want them to stretch that out. I want like a, a where's HBO making a, making a silent series about that like i need a game of thrones treatment on on the monkeys um well, over we, we already had water. that mel brooks made that movie like was it caveman we, we talked about this before we talked about this before we talked about caveman but uh yeah no. we talked, um, oh god sunny boat you know, anyways yeah, it's been it's been a while yeah where they cook the egg and the and oh, the, the lava and all that yeah um <laughs> so no a kid brain like that con- likes that concept a lot um I think it's cool. It's pretty cool battles in this one. You get Blitz and you get Blitzwing, who's a very cool, a very cool triple changer. Um, yeah. And that was neat. Uh, so, I mean, Kid Brain has no, uh, and the message went right over my head. So I didn't feel, I didn't feel diminished for, uh, I didn't feel bad for not being environmentally active. Um, so Kid Brain is going to go four special edition gold figures out of with a flake off uh, out of five. Um, like this one a lot. Um, adult Brain, on the other hand, um, like like I said, it was it, it was a slog watching this team. I didn't like I like I like I don't want to I don't want to watch these geeks. Um, I don't want per- Perceptor. I mean, you, you, I mean, 
Uh, I mean, it was saved by having Beachcomber. So um, I initially gave it a, a, a lower score, but I had a lot of fun talking about this one. And yeah. so I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and bump it up to three rifts, flying skull transports. Out of five. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was it, it was it was fun. This is uh, this is one of my favorite uh, season two episodes because um, it. It feels like it has an impact, and you know, not be only because I'm a I'm a I'm a student of uh, environmental um, science, but I, I always like this episode. Um, I I always we, it was kind of cool when you know younger and like seeing the um the lucky draw gold plated um figures. Mm-hmm. We always kind of want to do that. I I actually tell you years ago uh, where we worked at Ricky Smith's um, uh, toy store. Mm-hmm. I was I do there for like uh, credits where I got a lot of my collection from. Um, we every so often you see someone who would um would sell their kids' collection or whatever, and there was always like a figure in there that someone painted like gold with black or something like that. It was it was always the thing. Apparently, this this probably had an impact on um on kids. They wanted to have a huh. gold figure and stuff. It was yeah. weird. Uh, it was one of those things that it was a like, constant, you know. But anyways, no, I really like this man. Um, it was it was good. Um, they had a good. Like robust cast that didn't show up till like halfway through the episode, but still, like seeing the mega spring come out of a like a puddle was yeah that was real that was real cool yeah um, but um man I, I'll I'll tell you man I this is like a favorite episode um and you know Marks did a good job Dennis Marks um he may have had questionable taste as far as um you know uh, having little goofy dogs in every TV show because he loved Hanna Barbera. But uh, yeah, man, I'll give this. Uh, I, I'd like to give this four Zowie silvers out of five. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, it's not not quite electrum, but it is silver. It's pretty important. Okay. But oh, uh, man, yeah, man, I totally, um, I totally missed out on being. I totally missed out on giving it three electrum pieces out of uh, out of five. That would be like gold and a half piece, man. Gold and a half piece, yeah. A half um, you carrying you would be make us carry around a silver half dollar just to make a point. That's not okay, man. Nope. I've got one of those in my nightstand drawer right now with a couple silver quarters. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do with them. I did we'll carry that around. Really, like knock them around your hand, but I mean, they're worth a quarter and 50 cents. So uh, speaking of um, of that dude, uh, yeah. that, that toy store that you used to work for, I, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say the name on here, but um, back in the nineties, that place, um, it was very cool because uh, this guy that was back when like toy collecting first became like a thing. He opened the store up and he had he had an he had amazing stock because I think that he spent every weekend going to yard sales and buying it because I, oh, I think that was the point where people were dump people were dumping off old toys or whatever and it was like so that was prices were starting to kind of kind of you know you know go up because it was becoming a thing to collect these things that people people didn't know so he was probably buying boxes of of like Star Wars men oh, yeah. and for like, you know, $5 for, you know, $100 Luke Skywalker figures or whatever. But um, so, but the thing is, is that that guy was just infamous in town for, for being a little difficult to deal with sometimes. And, and also being very, I, I like, he was pretty optimistic on a lot of prices. He got those prices because he was, I'm the only game in town. It was, it was that kind of situation. But um, that was when you would send money orders on eBay. Uh, that was that. yes that was i was before i knew what ebay was actually um uh but so he um i i mean he, i mean he he had a pretty cool little business model he started out in a um he was he had like a like some some uh like counter space in a baseball card store yeah for a little yeah while. All, he, had, he, he started there 
And yeah, and that, that was cool. And then he, and then he eventually um, got it. He he did like shows at the mall, the collectible shows at the mall. But then he then he got like this little, um, this little uh, this like a shop by himself across the street from where he was, and that was pretty nice. That place is now a goth store, by the way. Really? Um, yeah, yeah I, that's, why, that's but, why I did a lot of the inventorying for him. Um, so, it, it, but then he eventually he got um, he moved to a, a bigger spot, and then to an even bigger spot that is now an Asian market, but. Um, at at that point though he was huge and it was like this was like the apex of toy collecting and um i and he had employees at this point and he had you know and he you'd rarely see him in there because he was all he was you know doing i think he did a lot of ebay business at this point but yeah uh, but anyway so he would just have like flunkies uh you know like work in the counter and um but he would hire like at this point he would hire the worst most no social skill having people on the face of the earth. They were awful and condescending and rude and every stereotype you ever see from comic book store people. Mark. And um, he had this right-hand man who I just could Mark. not stand this guy, but he had another guy. Yeah, for a while, he had this other kid that worked there and it would. And every time you'd ask him a question, oh, God. And like it was the biggest inconvenience for him to do his job and, and hated this guy. Um, so my friends and I are in there one time. We're walking around and... And a friend of mine looks up, looks up behind the counter on the wall. There's, there's stuff back there, but there is a, an inbox jet fire, all the armor in, in a beautiful box. Like it, it may have been sealed. I don't know. And um couldn't see the price because all the, all the price tags were handwritten. They were small. Yeah. So my friend goes, Hey, how much is it just goofing around? Cause he knew he could, he knew he couldn't afford it. He's like, how much is that jet fire up there, man? And the guy's like, God, like, you can't see it's $45. And, Dude. And so, yeah, so my, my, and this is in like 1999 or something like that. So my friend is, is go, like, he just pulls his wallet out and we're, our eyes are all this big around. We're just like quiet. Like, like, yes, this is, this is happening. Yeah. He's going to get that jet fire for $45. And um, so he's like, he, <laughs> he gets his wallet out. He pulls his credit. He pulls his, his debit card, credit card out, hands it to the kid. And the kid cannot figure out how to use the credit card machine. And he's having a meltdown. So he calls for help. The, the owner comes out of the back and he's all like, and he's like, come, and then he sees the number that's on the register and he's no, he's freaking out. Like he's about to die for this thing. Cause it was $450 for this jet fire in the box. Yeah. That's actually more accurate for a box jet fire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was in 1999 mm-hmm. or 2000 or whatever, but yeah. And yeah. And my friend, it's since, since that day to this day, you know, he's like, I'll always carry at least a hundred dollars cash with me be- just for that very reason, because I, I could have walked out. If if I had cash, I could have just like that kid would have just taken it. And I would have just walked right out with it. Yeah, yeah, actually I got, I got my jet fire from, um, from Ricky when he was in the baseball coach shop for 35 bucks. I, man. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he, he was, he would give you deals back then. I bought a, I remember yeah. buying a B wing fighter from him back then. And he just th- gave me the pilot with the gun for free. And we've talked in the show before about how rare yep. the B wing pilot's gun is. Cause he was the only guy that had that gun. Yep. And, it's like a handgun, uh, tiny one too. What's that? Tiny handgun. I've got it somewhere. a tiny handgun and it was, it, yeah. but it was unique to that figure. And that yep. would, they only made that guy for, for return of the Jedi. So it wasn't like, you know, like, the, the stormtrooper guns they made you know like 10 different figures had that gun and they made them all yeah. the way from star wars to, to return of the jedi so uh so yeah um yeah so that's a fun that's a fun story about retail old so uh people yeah. being old nerds i'm sorry 
Uh, yeah, that's 100% true, though. I mean, that, that's kind of how it was back in the uh, 90s before the, um, I'll say before the action figure boom really kicked off. We could, you could get stuff that were was really cool. Mm-hmm. They meant a lot to you. It wasn't trying to, you weren't trying to invest things in it. Like my collection behind me, I'm like, it's this isn't an investment for me. This is because I enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, how, mm-hmm. that's how things used to be and, uh, back in the old days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Um, Honestly, you know, it, it's, and it's always fun to reminisce about this kind of stuff though. Um, you know, we, we've seen a bunch of stuff and, you know, just Pensacola. I mean, let's, yeah. let's not even get into like other areas, but Pensacola itself. I've got a guy. Oh, I don't, we don't have time for that. We, we've gone way too long as it is. So uh, uh, way yeah. over. We're rambling. We're rambling old nerds. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, thanks for checking us out this week. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, we have Ed Hates Transformers at Gmail or more than meets these guys at gmail.com. And we have a Discord server. I'll put the uh, show notes. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, rather. We have our YouTube. By the way, I'll let you know. Um, our uh, our guy who does a lot of our stuff for our YouTube stuff, uh, Boo, he's a little behind because um, basically they they're having ice storms and stuff in Texas, and we all know how the Texas power grid works. So uh, he's he's been a little spotty on getting stuff done. He's had a little trouble, but um, we're gonna get kind of caught up. We have uh, Jay who's episode with us last week or last time we did it. The comic things are different because I can do the comic things myself, but he he, he develops me gifts and stuff. I use in these episodes, so we'll get that all taken care of and we'll get caught back up. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyways, um, thanks for being here, guys. Um, anything want to take us out with Ed? No, just uh, just paint a Warhammer. Uh, so yeah, that's three it. Colors. Pull out three colors and uh, three make colors. sure you uh, <laughs> don't give SSB Works three thousand dollars so we can own it. Later, <laughs> y'all. <Exactly>. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>